Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old-school business practices and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help you enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. After dedicating your blood, sweat, and tears into starting and growing your business, you are now at a point in your career where you can ponder the big question, what's next? Those two little words pack a big punch, and today we're going to explore the implications associated with some of the next steps you might be considering. Today on Unsuitable, we are once again joined by business valuation and exit planning guru, Tim McDaniel. Tim will break down two of the primary concerns business owners tend to have several years after establishing their companies. It's time and exit strategy. Welcome back to Unsuitable, Tim. Well, thank you, Dave. You know, it's always nice to have repeat uh, guests, especially in the field of business valuations, because that's constantly changing. It is. All Absolutely. the methods are changing. So we, uh, we'd like to have you back and appreciate, uh, you know, you, you um, coming today. Sure. Thank you. So I want to start about, uh, again, with, uh, you know, we talked earlier today about the importance of technology in, in the practice. But, you know, if you had your cell phone with, with you, you could, you could check uh, what the Dow's doing, what the NASDAQ is doing, maybe the S&P. You can find any stock value. And Bitcoin. And Bitcoin within a matter of moments. Isn't it interesting? You can find all that out, but quickly you cannot find the value of your business. Good analogy there. It's, it's funny, though. A business valuation is the same as a stock valuation in a way. It's all based upon future expectations. Now, in the stock market, there's a lot of emotions involved that drives value. But at the end of the day, a value of a stock goes up or down based upon future expectations. And why it takes so much longer to do a private company is we have to go there, do some analysis, look at financial trends, do some forecasts, and talk to the um, owner about expectations. What's going on in the industry? You know, what's the risk involved? What's the future cash flow? That can't be done in 10 seconds. So, it, you know, it's just kind of interesting analogy that, you know, you can look at all these uh, benchmarks, but probably the largest asset in your portfolio or my portfolio would be the value of your company's business. Absolutely. There are studies out there that says for the typical business owner, as part of their net worth, their business interest is 60%, 70% of their total net worth. But they spend a lot of time and effort trying to manage their 10 or 20% of their 401k, but they have no clue what their business is really worth. And that's going to have the biggest impact on their retirement. And that's uh, the greatest reason, one of the greatest reasons that we have you on the show from time to time. is just our constant reminder that we pay attention to other things other than maybe improving the value sure. of our business. You know, in our intro, we talked about, you know, two things that as a business uh, matures and continues to, to grow in the life cycle, you know, two things kind of jump up to, to that experienced business owner, and that's how much time they're spending in the business okay. and exit strategy. Right. Let's start with exit strategy. And you and I have had this conversation a number of times, but it's worth repeating. When is the best time to start an exit strategy? Great question. So I think it's probably day one when you start the business. 
But reality is probably within five years of you wanting to step out of the business is a good time to start. So okay. you're thinking, right, oh, the mindset, set the mindset immediately that right. this is an investment that must, that must grow. You, you know, it's like well, we talked about the stock market. Well, you make investments in stocks. Why? Because you expect it to go up in the future to help your economic situation. But you usually have a plan. When am I going to get rid of the stock? And then you implement that plan. But most business owners don't do that. You know, they kind of uh, wait till maybe they're they're a little more, more mature, have the gray hair, or an event in their life. An event in their life drives a lot of exit plans. And I, I call it, you can leave on your terms or let events drive things. Um, we can't always control everything. Like 9-11 or 2008 happened. You could have the greatest plan. But for two years after those two events, there's no businesses that sold. Or if they sold, they sold for very low values. But it's so important to really, the things you can control, increasing your cash flow, reducing your risk, trying to get your business as more valuable as possible before you exit. You know, understanding all the exit options you have, there's four major ways you can leave your business. You can sell it. There's a lot of different ways you can sell a business. You can give it away. You can retain it. Go to the beach and get dividends and collect your salary. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Well, for some people, it's a lot of fun. Some people, they can't <laughs> leave the business behind. And, or you can liquidate. And all those can have a good strategy, even liquidation. If you make a lot of money, uh, put the money in your 401k, and then liquidate your business, an orderly fashion, sometimes that works. The only one I don't recommend is liquidating because you die at your desk. There aren't a lot of <laughs> options there. <laughs> yeah, that that's really doesn't work out very well for anybody. But it happens. It happens, yes. And that puts you and, and your team in a, in a pretty tough spot of trying to value that business after that event has occurred. That's correct, yes. We've been involved in many situations where the value just evaporates. It's really sad for the... Um, surviving spouse and the kids when there's no plan. So over the course of your career, you've done thousands and thousands of valuations of all different types of businesses and practices, but it sounds just based on what you just said, your value, you become very famous in coaching and mentoring and just trying to understand the exit strategy. Yeah, that's I, I what I really have a passion for right now. And the most important thing is to sit with the business owner and truly understand what's their goal. For some business owners, it's legacy. They want their baby to continue, sort of the same way that they raised it. And those, for those business owners, maybe it's a gifting strategy. Maybe it's selling to the employees. Maybe it's an ESOP. For other business owners, they just really want top dollar. It's really hard to get both the legacy and the top dollar at the same time. You almost have to choose which one. So that's probably the first decision you have to make as a business owner. You know, do you want your baby to continue as is? Because if you sell it for top dollar to a synergistic buyer, well, the reason why they can pay you more money is because they're going to lay off a lot of people. They're going to absorb everything into their organization. You're going to lose the identity of that business, but they'll pay you more money. 
You know, as part of this exit strategy uh, discussion and consulting that uh, your team is involved in, you know, after uh, after you guys complete evaluation and 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 share it and and discuss with the, the client, and you find gaps in that valuation or gaps in the valuation that need improvement, how does your team help the client uh, execute a plan or the advice to? you know, to eliminate those gaps sure. or reduce those gaps? I, I think the first thing we do is we identify to the business owner, okay, I, I really like to be a teacher and try to explain the valuation process in plain English to them. So I want to sit down with them and show them how when you increase your cash flow and you lo- reduce your business risk, how that really improves value. Let's just go through an exercise. Let's just say your future cash flow determines going to be 500000 And let's say based upon the risk profile, your multiplier is four. So that's a $2 million value. But if we improve your cash flow over the next few years and decrease your risk, maybe the cash flow is now 800000 and the multiplier is five. What's that value? That's $4 million. It's a big change. And what we try to do to the business owners, okay, these are the things we found during the evaluation process. This is why your risk is higher and why your value will be lower. The higher the risk, the lower the value. Customer concentration issues. Not a very good management team as far as surviving the owner. Um, Maybe not very good systems set up. Those type of things. And we like to sit down and show the business owner how that could impact their value. So that's almost a benchmark that uh, you could, you know, we talked about the benchmarks. You could build benchmarks regarding those those changes within the business. Right. And we do, we, a lot of times we compare it to the industry standards too, so they can see how they compare to the industry. And that, that in that process, you help them close the gap or eliminate right. those gaps right. in, the, in the value. You know, let's say, uh, let's talk about um, a pretty common question that we both run across when we're talking to uh, our clients. And, and one of those questions is, you know, what do you want to do with the business or how much, how long, much longer do you want to own that business? Right. And let's say I come to you and say, I want to sell my company in six months. Okay. Or I want to sell my company in six years. Right. Or I want to sell my company in 10 years. Okay. So obviously that's a wide range, but I would, would, you know, how do you deal with that kind of question? Because there's different techniques, I would assume. Sure. I, I think, let's say the six months, I would sit down with the business owner and say, what's most important to you? Is it this legacy thing? Maybe if they make enough money, maybe we can look at an ESOP because an ESOP can close within six months. They say that we just really want top dollar. Well, there's nothing we can do other than create competition. Maybe introduce them to a business broker or M&A specialist that can bring a lot of buyers to the table and have a bidding process. That's about all you can do when you have six months. There's not much improvements you can make in the business. Now, if you have five or six years, man, there's a lot you can do. I mean, you can raise up a whole brand new management team within that five years. You can change your whole client base. You can even maybe add new services or new products during that five-year process. There's a ton you can do. You know, let's um, 
let's talk a little bit about this um, tax reform that's on upon us Good. Uh, in 2018. And it may take uh, six months, a year, year and a half to, to, to let this thing sort out. But the economists uh, continue to say, and advisors saying that um, um, there'll be the this will increase uh, the economy. There'll right. be more resources. Business owners will be able to uh, to hire more people, reduce more debt because of the the drop in the tax liability. As far as I guess, my question would be: What impact do you feel this tax reform could have on the value? Of a business. I'm really glad you asked that because I want to get into two areas on this. One is I'm instructing my staff right now to change some of our assumptions because valuation is future looking. We're looking down the road. So if the tax rates are going to drop, that means cash flows are going to go up. I feel fairly confident right now that there's something going to happen and the cash flows are going to go up. So values are actually going up as we speak. Um, because future cash flows are higher. The other thing I want people to really, really think about is this change in the estate and gift tax. The exemption's going from like 5.7 million to maybe close to 12 million. It's doubling. So if you're a married couple, maybe you can pass along $24 million tax-free. And then a lot of people are saying, geez, we really don't have to gift because we're not going to impact by the estate tax. I would challenge that a little bit. The reason why is 2010. I don't know if there's any New York Yankee fans here. Not here. Not here. Okay. But in 2010 was a great year to die. George Steinbrenner died in 2010. He did not pay any estate tax, even though he was a multimillionaire and owned the New York Yankees. Because there's no estate tax. The next year, the limit went down to a million dollars. And he would have paid a ton of estate tax. So what happened? Well, there's a change of administration. So what's the chances as a business owner, you're sitting there thinking, what's the chances that we'll have the same president and the same Congress in 2020? If you think 100%, well, you probably don't have an estate tax problem. But now you can gift a lot to the next generation and you do evaluation and it will be scrutinized probably not as much because they can't get any tax revenue from it. So you can pass along a lot of your businesses to the next generation during the next three or four years. And the estate tax comes back down. I don't think they have a clawback. I've never seen a clawback before. So stay tuned. I mean, that's a interesting concept that you your team has right. uncovered and starting to think. So it's so it's it's new world, new time. It is, yeah. So you know, we hear a lot of grousing from uh, different sources about the new tax reform, but right. I just heard a very positive one. I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think for the state tax, I I think it's the right thing there that uh, people can pass along family businesses and farms and not be impacted. I think that's great. You know, we talked about uh, the individuals putting their blood, sweat, and tears into starting and growing the business and what comes next. And I think you've hit, you've hit uh, uh, several ideas on that. And how much longer do you want to own the business? I right. think you've you've covered that. Um, in a way, you've, you, we've talked about the best way to exit your business. But what is the best way to exit your business or the best ways to exit your business, I think, would be a fair question. 
Yeah, probably the best way would have bought some Bitcoin about five years ago. Oh, absolutely. That's a new term of yours, isn't it? You've used that three times. You sound sound smart. Okay. (laughs) But uh, the best ways to exit your business, again, I think it's sitting down and having some time alone. I, I recommend the business owners spend one day a quarter away from the office thinking about their secession plan. And first thing to think about, what's most important to me? Is it this legacy issue or top dollar? Because that drives everything. If it's top dollar and you want to sell in two years, you would have a different marching orders than if it's legacy and you want to transfer it to your kids in three or four years. And then I would sit down and look at all the exit strategies and try to determine what the after-tax proceeds would be. That's not what we do. I like going in there and say, okay, if you sell to a synergistic buyer, this is how much money you'll have. If you do an ESOP, this is how much money you have. Uh, maybe you want to sell it to your kids or employees directly. That's great. It, it continues the legacy. The bad news is you know how much your kids and your employees make. So you'd have to have a note to do that. Do you feel comfortable with that? But the biggest issue that the business owner needs to sit down and think about is what the heck are they going to do with themselves once they sell the business? For some, they just say, geez, I know. You know, I got my plan. But I did a presentation, and part of the board was a corporate psychologist. And, they, and this audience had these little voting mechanisms as we were talking live. And the psychologist asked, what's the number one reason why you can't transfer your business? The number one answer is they did, the owners did not know what to do with themselves. It's such a part of their identity. The difference, though, is now there's Inc. Magazine says there's going to be 10 million businesses that will change hands in the next 10 years because of the baby boomer's age. You may not be able to figure it out, but we can't stop father time. You know, father time keeps on marching on. So there's a lot of people out there who has had a hard time making that decision, but they're approaching their 60s, 70s and need to make a decision. Sure, sure. Good uh, uh, good comment. You know, this this legacy issue, you want to stay there for a minute. Um, what if, let me give you a couple examples you can kind of respond. What if, um, you know, I've done everything I needed to do, grow the business, uh, values up. I really don't want to sell it to uh, an out-of-state uh, buyer or somebody from out of the country, you know, this is this legacy thing, but I don't have any family members right. uh, to pass it on, but I want my employees right. or a key members, a key employees to benefit. What are, what are some of the things you would talk about with that business owner? Good question. There's two things we could do. One is popular is ESOP. It's becoming more and more popular because there's a lot of great tax benefits of ESOPs. Plus, if you get the employees really behind this, they can really drive value and take ownership of this. Um, ESOP's not for everybody. I mean, you have to have at least a half million dollars of profits before you would consider it. You have to have a good management team that's succeeding you to think about it. But if you have those two factors, it's worth talking about. Like I said earlier, if you want to sell to your employees, key employees, you can do that. The problem is they don't have money. When you go to the ESOP, banks are really familiar with that. Banks are going to lend on that. And you're going to get, say you sell 100% ESOP, you'll probably get 50, 60% of that money down. The rest, you'll have a note. 
And since you're in second position, you usually get a pretty good rate on that note. But if you sell to your employees, your kids, a lot of times you have to take maybe 70, 80% of that in a note and pay it over time. So you can do that if you trust that and you can sleep at night, you know, that they're going to pay you back. So all kinds of strategies that are out there, and I think your job as the consultant would be, you know, kind of assess and, and, and spend time with right. the business owner and, right. and, and go through the options. And obviously, well, you said one of the things, have that business owner step away from the business, do a little mini retreat or self-retreat. Yes. And just kind of do a report card and assess where they're at. I think that's great. I would, if you're starting to approach that within five year time frame, spend some time outside of the office thinking about it. And I, I work with a lot of clients, which they include me in that meeting. And there's been several clients we've done this for two or three years, and we finally made a decision and acted on it, and they all been very happy with the results. You know, one of the things I think you could be a great attribute in a meeting is downplay the owner's ego, because I'm sure the ego issue comes into play a lot of times with an owner who has built the business, expanded, and a lot of ego there, rightfully so. Yeah, well, you need ego to really drive the business, but, you know, if I could buy it, the owner, for what? they're really worth and sell them for what they think they're worth. That'd be good. That'd be great. Our guest today has been Tim McDaniel from Ray and Associates talking to us about what you can do with your baby now that it is growing up. You know, we referred to Tim as a business valuation and uh, advisor with exit planning. And, and I, I'm going to change that from now on as a coach and mentor in this because you okay. can play a huge role and some of the some of the comments you made today and advice was just uh, priceless so okay thank wonderful you. thanks again for joining us today great job exit planning and building business value are always popular topics on unsuitable listeners if you would like to learn more about this topic or you would like to listen to past episodes visit our resources page at raycpa.com podcast for some great resources you also want to check and subscribe to Unsuitable on iTunes or check out video from today's episode on Ray's YouTube channel. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.